Hi there, and welcome to Live from the Cybert Institute. In this podcast, we listen in on conversations taking place among ministers, church leaders, and scholars as we engage issues facing Christians and church leaders today. We hope that this episode is thought-provoking and a blessing to you, because as with everything we do in the Cybert Institute, our mission is to equip church leaders and help churches thrive. Today's episode features a conversation between Ashley Lankford, our online content manager in the Cybert Institute, and Robert Oglesby and Dudley Chancy. Robert teaches in ACU's Department of Bible Missions and Ministry, and he serves as the director of the Center for Youth and Family Ministry. Dudley is a professor of youth and family ministry at Oklahoma Christian University, and he directs OCU's Intergenerational Faith Center. After you listen, make sure to follow our podcast so that you get all the latest episodes from your podcast platform of choice. Let's get started. I have the pleasure today to uh, sit down at the NCYM, the National uh, Children's and Youth Ministry Conference. If you've never heard of it or familiar with it, it's a great conference that we recommend as a youth or children's ministry you check out. And today I have the pleasure of sitting down with two of the greats of youth ministry. Uh, Dudley and Robert are here with me, and, and uh, we'll just go ahead and introduce and, uh, yourselves and a little bit of your background and your uh, experience. My name is Dudley Chancy. I teach youth and family ministry at Oklahoma Christian University. Uh, been there since 1998. Before that, uh, did youth ministry 25-ish years uh, in a couple of churches uh, and uh, married, got two sons, two great daughter-in-laws, four granddaughters, and uh, we're here at NCYM and it's great and you should be here. That's right. Uh, my name is Robert Oglesby, and I am the director of the Youth and Family uh, Ministry Program there at ACU. I uh, did about 20 years in full-time youth ministry. Uh, most of those were at the Southern Hills Church in Abilene, and then uh, ACU convinced me to move up there to start teaching youth ministers. And so I've done about 20, 21 years uh, there at ACU, and I still work part-time as a family minister at Southern Hills. So I've actually worked for the Southern Hills Church full or part-time for 40 years. God, you're old. Is really old, extremely old. Uh, married, have three kids. They're all there in town. The best thing is I have five grandkids. So I'm so cl- pleased I did not kill my children as yes. they grew up because I got some grandkids. And Deadly yeah. does, uh, has the same uh, deal, but we're enjoying that part of life. Yeah, skip children, go right to grandchildren. Oh, good advice. I'll take note of that. <laughs> Uh, so y'all have been in youth ministry for 155 years together, mm-hmm. and uh, through those years, I think y'all have seen a lot of changes. What are some of the most significant changes in youth ministry that y'all have seen um, over the years? One of the things that you, you'll notice right away that's uh, pretty significant, and let me let me back up just a little bit. We are not the original version of youth ministry in the Church of Christ. There was some. There was a youth ministry 1.0 of guys like Big Don Williams, Wally Wilkerson, Jim Moss, Mike Myers, and those were the guys that uh, they set the foundation. They convinced churches that youth ministry was a legitimate ministry. So they they did a lot of groundwork yeah. that Dudley and I didn't have to do. And yes. so I would I would tell you, we had what I call a golden age of youth ministry in our day, because we were not busy defending youth ministry. We got to do it. And the church- Because of those guys. Yeah, exactly. We were standing on their shoulders. So we're old, but we're not dead. (laughs) Uh, 
but some of the major changes are just changes in culture, uh, such as uh, we had a lot more families that were uh, the, the male was working and mom was staying at home. And so we had a volunteer force of sometimes moms that was incredible compared to now where you got a lot of people doing the dual career deal. And uh, I could ask people to commit for four or five months and they wouldn't blink. And they say, sure, that's what you need. We'll do it. Now it's hard to get three or four weeks because yes. people are so busy. And it's not just the parents busy, it's the kids. Mm -hmm. There are more options. There's more pressure, uh, especially academics. You know, trying to get your kid into college, you're pushing them in eighth grade. Hey, you better make the grades. You got to push. You got to make me in this, this event or this uh, service orientation to make your resume going into college look better. So you just start seeing some of these things that are just culturally very, very different than what we had. We had some great advantages, uh, I think, in that day. Yeah. I think one of the things that, uh, as far as changes that I've seen that, and I love this, is that there are more uh, females in the role of youth ministry. Uh, a lot of them don't have that title. They may be director of girls ministry or something like that, uh, but they're doing youth ministry. Uh, they're way better in relationships than most guys are. And uh, they're certainly uh, provide a, uh, a venue for girls to have someone to go to mm -hmm. uh, and keep a lot of our guys maybe out of trouble that, that can't set, set boundaries or whatever. So a lot of different reasons why I think it's been good. Uh, and even at this conference, I just took 25 youth ministry uh, girls that are in full-time youth ministry to lunch. And it's amazing and just hearing what they're doing and everything. And so I think that's been a great change and at least in our fellowship, a cultural change mm -hmm. to have that happen. Uh, so that that's a good thing. Another biggie that uh, is kind of an expect, expectation level is that in our day, we were supposed to just take care of students. That's mm -hmm. all we were expected yeah. to do. Uh, and there wasn't a lot of uh, exp expectation of we're going to look to you to help parents. Mm -hmm. And so once again, we were the youngest ones on staff many times. And now there's a higher level of expectation that these youth ministers are going to be able to help talk to families and, and encourage parents into the spiritual formation of their own kids. Uh, and that was a very different expectation level when we were uh, young yeah. in ministry. I, I remember going to a class at Youth Specialties and the title was Parents Are Your Worst Enemy. And <laughs> it was it was like, yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, and uh, now I, teaching, I, I'm teaching a class this semester at OC about parents and volunteers. And because uh, we believe that the, it's the parents' responsibility to raise their kids. And uh, a lot of times they just handed them off to Robert and said, hey, make them make them spiritual, you know, or see graduation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we get that Bible. And, yeah. Which solves everything. And, yeah. uh, I, I, I tell my students now, if you can help parents, uh, see the importance of their role as being the spiritual formation, main person in the kids' lives mm -hmm. and, and equip them, help them with resources and tools to do that. You're, mm -hmm. you're, you're going to be much better. Off. The kids are going to be much better off because they're doing it God's way. And we we also didn't have some of those challenges of 
so many single parents in a yeah. church. Yeah. Um, that that would have radically changed things because I would do things where senior high, you're always the first Sunday of the month and the third Sunday of the month and junior high, your second week and, and the fourth Sunday. And, and if you have a single parent who says, our custody says first and third, my kids with the dad, uh, it can become a real problem and a scheduling problem for someone like me who says, boy, I'd love to have everything nice and organized and everybody knows first yeah. and third. <laughs> Good luck. But then now these guys are dealing with that and having to really change the way they do things uh, yeah. in general. And I think Robert touched on this, uh, probably the thing that has frustrated so many ministers, youth ministers and, and conference planners like us or whatever is that, the options that Robert mentioned in kids' lives and in adults' life. Adults are doing it too. Mm -hmm. uh, they wait till the very last minute to sign up for something because something better might come along. And so yeah. you've got your fall retreat and you put your sign-up sheet up and people used to fill it up, you know, and now they're like, well, I, I want to go, but there might be this and there, you know, and it's very hard to plan uh, with something like that. And mm -hmm. so that's a... That's a big deal. And they're just, you know, I hate to talk about our telephones, but actually we don't call them telephones anymore. Our, <laughs> our phones. Uh, and, and so, Still translate. Look yeah, it up on Google. Look it yeah. up. <laughs> and, but uh, it's glued to their nose, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, you can't beat them, join them. I mean, I just paid $8,000 to make an app to help teenagers, you know, because mm. they're on their phones. So yeah. hopefully we'll do some good with that. And even the scope of the problems that we dealt with with teenagers compared to what they deal with now. You know, we had our problem kids and, and you'd go, boy, yeah, it's tough and all. But then now we have things, everything from transgender. I had a youth minister asking me uh, a few months ago, I've got someone presenting as a boy one week and comes next week, he's a girl. And then the third week, he's back to a guy. And he's saying, what do we do? I said, love Billy or Sally or Billy again yes. every time. L1, L2. That's right. Mm -hmm. So transgender, I, I don't even remember talking about that word. I can't spell In it. our first days, <laughs> LGBTQ, big, hot little yeah. issue that they're having to deal with as youth ministers because it's in their group right. and they've got to deal with it at some level and eldership's doing the same thing. Uh, the stress that you see with students, uh, anxiety attacks, depression. Mm. And I don't know if Dudley's classes like mine at OC, I see some really bright, good looking kids. And I, I think, man, these kids have it all together. And then you unpeel just the first layer or two. And all of a sudden there it is. Anxiety attacks yeah. and depression, like incredible amounts and, and kids on significant medication dealing with depression. Yeah. I, we've got uh, Amy, McLaughlin Sheesby, did I say it right? That's right. Teaches at ACU. She's coming to OC in February. We're doing a conference on Gen Z, uh, February 23 through 25, somewhere like that. But uh, And her deal is going to be uh, talking about trauma and things like that. And I, I grew up, you know, pick yourself up and get your get a job and get, you know, and, and you, these kids coming out are I, I fragile. I mean, they are so fragile. It's unbelievable. And you can't tell a kid, hey, suck it up and let's go, you mm -hmm. know, because they'll, they'll go get their comfort dog and go off and 
mm-hmm. lay in the woods somewhere. You know? and, and it's it's just crazy because you're thinking, come on, people, be strong, be something. But there's so many. I saw a thing about school shootings the other day, and uh, and then we saw yeah. a video the other night here at NCYM. You know, and every it, I could be next. You know, and it's crazy because mm-hmm. I think about. I think I worry more about my grandchildren than I did my my children. Yeah, and maybe it's because of just the sick world we're in about that they could go off to school and they they could not come back. It's crazy. And one of the things that we struggle with is how do you train youth ministers to deal with this multiplicity of problems? Yeah. Yeah. You know, our, our biggest expectation was keep them out of jail and don't let them get pregnant. Yeah. You know, and they that was successful. that's pretty good. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, you felt that was a good day. Yeah. And now you th- you think of the the pathology of so many of these kids that are coming from some rough homes at times mm-hmm. and dealing with mental health issues, and a youth minister is expected to know how do I handle that moment or how they reveal I've been sexually abused uh, by a relative or whatever, and they're supposed to be able to be professional enough to know hey here here's what I have to do what I have to report who to report to. And that's a whole different level than what we were dealing with. Yeah, and we've been blessed this this week. Rob Duncan has been doing an early morning devotional and, and pointing us back to Scripture and the words of God. And, and, and he mentioned in his 20 years of youth ministry, he could go back and do it again. He would point kids to Scripture. And, and that sounds great. And yet, as Robert was saying just a minute, all this stuff that kids are dealing with, and here comes a youth ministry he's trying— I got to try to keep them alive Mm -hmm. and scripture kind of goes off in the background a lot of times and we miss what we're really probably supposed to be. If I could just get the word of God in their heart and in their mind, that might help. Mm -hmm. We we don't know that yet because we're not doing, we're so busy with all this other stuff Mm -hmm. on the fringe. It's, it's crazy world. I don't know if I'd want to be a youth minister Mm -hmm. in this day. Definitely harder. So you've identified some of the challenges. It's very different from from when y'all did youth minister. But one of y'all, y'all are the the gentlemen at two of the major Christian universities are training these youth ministers. And um, if they're not in your class, let's say they're just they're already they're already in practice or at a church. What what advice would you give practically to a young minister as they're facing some of these challenges? Some some things you wish maybe. Maybe someone had told you, mm-hmm. or if looking and reflecting, if you were a youth minister today, what would you want someone to share with you? What wisdom? One of the things I try to do with, with our students is wherever they're going, whatever city they land in, I'm, I'm asking the question, who is one of the older, wiser youth ministers in that area? And I will say, here's their name. Here's their number. You call them. I typically will call that that minister as well, mm-hmm. saying, I got a, I got one of my, my students coming your way. Uh, when they call, please go eat with them. Please sit down for a lunch and kind of let them become more aware of what the culture is. But more importantly, have this relationship with an older, wiser minister uh, in that area who understands what the culture is in that location. And uh, culture in California is very different than Texas and it's very different than Florida. And so uh, it helps them get on the ground and a quicker start. But it also establishes a relationship of somebody understands and gets my world. Some yeah. somebody has felt loneliness. Someone has felt persecuted by leadership. Someone has uh, faced some of these problems before. And I I bet you anything, if they can't find that, they usually call us and say, "Okay, 
you didn't t- train us this and for this situation. What do we do? So they have somebody if they go to one of our schools. If they don't go, go look for the one of those older youth ministers who's been around the block a time or two and yeah. say, let's talk. Please yeah. help me. And it's interesting you mentioned that because I, I was looking at two guys today at NCYM in the hallway, uh, two young youth ministers, and they both uh, are being mentored by the ministers at their church that used to be youth ministers with me and Robert back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I look at those two guys and they're knocking it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, it, they've got this guy that's with them that they can rely on. And then I've also seen a couple of guys out there going, I'm dying and, yeah. and I have nobody. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think what Robert's saying is that that's a great, thing to have a mentor once you get out in the field. Uh, that's a, a great thing. And I don't know if we plugged in CYM enough. <laughs> enough. It's really but it's good. When is it, that happening, Robert? Uh, <laughs> I believe it's happening this week. Right? You're yeah. not too late. Yeah. Yeah. Get in the car right now. Daytona Beach late. next year. Yeah. Bring your oh, swimsuit. That's right. Um, but but literally, uh, there's, a, there's a scenario going on right now, and that is there's some really large churches, big churches, who are hiring great people who have zero training in youth mm-hmm. ministry, none. Right. They, they were psychology major, education major, whatever. And they're, they're coming to me saying, can, can we sit down for lunch and you just tell me everything you train all your people in a lunch? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, so two we years cannot. Worth of coursework in a lunch. But if they come to what I call an intensive experience here at NCYM, they can hear from a multiplicity of people who are so good and really practical, helpful uh, learning about youth ministry and connect up yes. with some of the network that's yeah. out there. So I'd say NCWAM, and if they don't go to NCWAM, go to something that will help them get their toolbox enlarged, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak, to handle some of the challenges that are up ahead. Yeah, and I, I would say uh, kudos on the on the tools, but relationships trump. And if these guys don't have ministry relationships and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've heard actually two speakers this week from the state say, if it hadn't have been for NCYM a couple of times, I would not still be in ministry because okay. I came and people encouraged me and, you know, uh, you're not the only one it's happening to kind of deal. So it's good to hear right. that we're, we're all out there in the trenches doing it. And that's what the, some of the people did for us. Yes. That's why we lasted as long as we did, because we had some people who yeah, took us under real. their wing and said, it's going to be all right. There, there was a preacher where I, I was initially who I had a total disaster. I had uh, some kids who murdered a woman in a laundromat. I had some mm-hmm. girls that got pregnant, all that mm-hmm. stuff in my first year of ministry. So if you think you're having a bad year. Yeah. See well, Robert. See, see me. Robert, see me. He'll, he'll explain to you that your year's not that it's bad. It's not quite that bad. And yeah. uh, But a guy named Joe Baston, who is the preacher at another church just down the road from mine, called me and said, let's go eat lunch. And I threw up all during lunch going, <laughs> this is going on, this is going on, this is going on. He said, Man, that's about, and he gave me great wisdom. He didn't solve any of my problems, but he listened and he said, Would you like to eat lunch once a month? And I said, Yes, yeah. please. And cool. he saved my life in so many ways because I was drowning uh, with all those situations. And they all came at the same time. There, there wasn't like one, there was another suicide or two that I'd left out uh, during that same uh, time period. So 
what Daly's talking about with the relationships are crucial to long-term ministry. Because, hey. Yeah. So if someone is not a youth minister and they're listening to this podcast, they're a church leader involved in their church. How, as a church, as an eldership or shepherd team, can we support and encourage youth ministers? Mm. Mm. I, you know, I think, and, and I'm going to go back to this probably a lot, the parent thing, uh, in the end, I'm going to stand before God and he's going to ask me about Matt and Drew. Not all those kids that were in my youth group or whatever. And there's obviously some responsibility there, all, but how did I do with Matt and Drew? And I don't think parents get that right now because they're doing what Robert talked about earlier. They're trying to get grades. They're trying to get an academic or sports scholarship or whatever. Uh, it really comes down to money a lot of times in people's thinking that what it's going to cost to go to college and if you, if you mm-hmm. do good grades and all. And the Bible and Sunday school and uh, church even, those are, if we got time, we'll try to work it in. And we know from soul searching Christian Smith study and Kenda Dean was here Monday night and she wrote almost Christian that your kid's going to be a little less religious than you are. And so if it doesn't matter to you, it's certainly not going to matter to the kid. And so if I tell my students in youth ministry, you've got to have some relationships with these parents to earn some validity to be able to say, dude, dad, you, you need to cut out golf this week or don't go to the Dallas. I don't know why did anybody go to Dallas Cowboys anyway <laughs> game, but I want to but, see a winner. You know, <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry, Chris Hatchett. Uh, but you know, they, uh, you, you got to spend more time with your kids and, and be Christian in front of them. Be that this church thing matters, that God matters, that reading your Bible matters and all that. And man, I, I'm doing this national grandparent study right now and I'm, I'm having grandparents. Uh, there's some good stuff coming from it, but there's a lot of them that, that are guilty just saying, I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And, and some of them are trying to make it up with their grandchildren, you know, but their children are looking at them going, where'd that come from? Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, it's crazy. I mean, Psalm 78, Psalm 71 about mm-hmm. passing on to the next generation. There's some validity in that. And so I, I, I try to tell my students, you got to have those relationships with parents and, and earn some cred with them to be able to say, this may be more important than him getting a scholarship at some podunk school to play D2 yeah. soccer. You know, Jesus makes it really clear that family is not the ultimate trump card. It's his mission, even when his own family. And uh, when you have a parent as a youth minister, you look at them and you're seeing that in them and saying, you're making spiritual decisions for your kids. That's very encouraging to a youth minister because a lot of time we lose, you know, it's select sports or youth ministry. Oh, okay. We're going to go select sports every time. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, I tell you, my my leaders, I, I've had worked with some fantastic elders. And I had one, a guy named Mel Holt, who would walk up and he would encourage me by, by saying, I pray for you every day. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? And I said, I did not know that. And he pulled a card out of his shirt pocket 
And there on the top of the card, he, he had several names and, and he showed it to me. He showed, there's your name. There's a guy named Rick Ashley, whose name was on that at the same time we were working together on staff. And he said, I pray for you every single day. And every once in a while, he just pulled that card out and just show me. He said, prayed about you yesterday. Mm -hmm. Well, that's an encouragement. Yes. Uh, I had a, uh, another elder who, he was a meddler in my business because he would ask me <laughs> questions like, did I take my day off that week at, at church? Oh, and nice. I said yes, because I'd taken half a day off instead that's of right. a full day off. And then well, that's that not sucker, a lie, Robert. Well, uh, well, what he would do is he'd go over to my wife and say, did your husband take his day off? And she would you. say, no, he did not take the full day off. And yeah. he'd come back to me and he would grab my shirt and said, you take your day off. Mm, we good. want you around here a long time. Yeah. And so that type of encouragement can mean the world to you uh, when you're in ministry, just to have somebody that says, I care, I'm praying for you specifically, seeing parents who go, I get it. The mission of God is more important than this other stuff. All And, yeah. and you'll see a lot of other people saying, no, it's not. But just a few people saying, I get it. I know, I know where you're trying to take my kid, and I appreciate that uh, is a big deal. And I, you know, Camping out on that about elders, I, I try to tell guys, man, when you get to church, uh, there's going to be that one guy that may have kids in the youth group or whatever, but find that one guy that, that will have your back. Mm -hmm. But they all, I mean, these men, they're businessmen or whatever. Uh, they probably don't really know how to run a church, but they're, they're called to do that, at least feel like it. And I tell you, the couple of churches I worked at, the best men in the world, uh, a couple of them we probably didn't agree with a lot of stuff, but I remember one of them walking up to me one time. He said, Hey, uh, it's spring break. You're, you're, you're going to Hawaii. You're taking your wife to Hawaii. And I thought, uh, yeah, I don't have any money. He said, that, that's, here's the tickets and, and you're going, and it was, it was the same deal. We want you to, to rejuvenate and be, and we, but we earned that. I mean, you don't walk in your first year and some your elders going to go, "Hey, we're going to send you to Hawaii." You know, you you have to earn it. So I think there's, you know, once again, spending time with parents, spending time with your leadership. Don't surprise them. Elders do not like surprises. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and so, just not being. John Wayne said, "Life is tough, but it's tough tougher if you're stupid." And so, don't don't mm -hmm. be stupid. Uh, so. And once again, I think coming to NCYM and places like that and being encouraged mm -hmm. and learning what does work and what doesn't work. And uh, the talk last, uh, who said let's make better mistakes this year? Who was that was it? Daniel. Dan. Dan, Dan Rodriguez last night said, you know, let's make better mistakes this year, mm -hmm. which to me means don't make the stupid ones you made last year. Mm -hmm. Make new ones. <clears throat> right. One, one of the things I think uh, we all tap into is – uh, they're going to be ministry is uh, one of those sports that you have people who drag you down mm -hmm. and, and they, they they'll suck you dry of your energy and and all. So you've got to find some other people and it may be your leaders. It may be other ministers. It may be friends, but you got to have some people who inspire you. And whether it be going to a conference, whether it be going uh, sitting over lunch with someone who inspires you personally and you go, I love how you think and how you dream and people who challenge you and say, I love you just for who you are, not that you're a minister. I just love who you are. You got to kind of balance that out and ask, have I spent all my time with people who drain me mm. and I got to find yeah. some people who inspire me as yeah. well. Yeah, Good advice. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate your time. And um, I know that you are an inspiration to many 
Hey, yeah. there's people hanging on the edge of their seat right now. We could go another two hours. <laughs> we, we could. We could definitely go to. But I, don't y'all have a conference you're supposed to be running? Right I now? guess we better get back we to We should it. go back. What conference is that deadline? Uh, it's NCYM right now at Colorado Springs. Next year in Daytona Beach, first week in January. The registration's already up. NCYM.org. Thank you. That was a great commercial. Uh, no, on in all honesty, I have been at NCYM as a spouse. I've been at NCYM as a children's minister, and now I'm just here uh, as an exhibitor, but it is always a blessing. And so I personally can say it's something my husband and I are always trying to figure out a way to keep coming. We, yeah. we y'all need an aged out track that like no matter, <laughs> you know, you just want to come and hang out. And yeah. so yeah. Uh, it has been a blessing and we really appreciate your time and your wisdom and, and y'all's heart for youth ministry. It takes men like you to inspire the next generation. Um, and we appreciate all that you do. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening today to Live from the Cybert Institute. We would love to connect with you on our social media channels, and you can always find all of our various resources at our website, cybertinstitute.org. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and follow this podcast on your platform of choice, then share it with your friends. Until next time, may God bless you in all that you do.